And again, we are honored you're here. And we're going to do a continuation, if you missed this morning, uh, we're going to do a continuation of uh, kind of where we left off. We were uh, speaking from a uh, chapter out of our Old Testament, uh, Joshua chapter 24, where we have been looking at a statement that Joshua, who was one of the great leaders, made at the end of his life. And one of the things that we talked about uh, this morning is if we are going to be a people who serve the Lord, then we have to first let uh, the Lord uh, serve us. We were created by God for God and for God to serve us so that we could begin to permeate who he is in the earth. And Joshua is an amazing leader. As I uh, look through the scriptures, oftentimes you, you see people uh, and you see leaders, but Joshua is one that, that elevates above many other leaders as he was leading the work of God. And it was simply because of his passion and his commitment and what he really believed about God. As I spoke earlier about rising above the circumstances, rising above uh, the challenges, rising above where you are to be where you can be, Joshua was one of those people who did that. As actually the Bible states that the whole community of Israel, a whole entire nation of people, didn't want to go where God said go. They didn't want to be what God wanted them to be. They didn't want to follow through with God's great plan and provision for their life. They were intimidated what was out in front of them. And Joshua and Caleb, Joshua being one of the great leaders over millions of people, says, you know what? If God says we can do it, then we can do it. Let's rise above the circumstances and the hold back and let's press forward with what God has said in this world. And can I tell you, that's the kind of leaders that God is looking for today. That's what God is looking for out of your life and your life and my life together is a group of people that believe God. That believe that God will do what he says he's going to do and he's going to permeate this earth with his amazing presence. And then we live as if we can really put our confidence in God and serve him and serve him well. And so at the end of Joshua's life, after he had executed God's vision and began to lead out in that, to go, in other words, leading out was he was, he was basically uh, charting uncharted waters. He was basically going where nobody else has been. That's what leadership does, by the way. Leadership leads people where nobody else has been. Leadership doesn't mean that you have been there yourself, but you believe enough in a God who says you can get there and you lead people to where God says that you can go. And Joshua is one of those leaders that, you know, though uh, many people kind of gave him the Heisman, gave him the whole back, he led out in a way that, that really, really honored God and it was a way that God had created a people to live. So I want to go back to the passage at the end of Joshua's life, and let's see what he says. Joshua 24, verses 14 through 15. He says to the people, he says, here's the deal. He says, fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. I want us to say that word together tonight, wholeheartedly. Let's say that together, wholeheartedly. You know what the opposite of wholeheartedly is, right? Do you know? 
I, I need some feedback in here. Do you, do you know what the opposite of wholeheartedly is? That's half-heartedly or no-heartedly. And basically not having a heart to, to really do what God has designed for you to do. And what I've discovered in my life and in my journey is God isn't looking for people who kind of put their foot half in the water. God is looking for people who will go all in, full-blown in, trust him with all of their life, and begin to experience him and push forward with, with their life. So Joshua says, look, I need you to serve the Lord wholeheartedly. He tells the people, put away forever idols your ancestors worshiped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. In other words, you know what? What your grandmama and your great-grandmama did back there uh, across the Euphrates, he says, you need, to, you need to break away from those family ties. And you need to stop doing it just because somebody else did it. You need to do it because God has done something in you and you are ready to move forward with what he has for you today. He says, serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, he says, then choose today whom you will serve. I find this fascinating. Because basically he says, look, if you're not going to serve the Lord, at least, at least serve somebody wholeheartedly. At least do something. Look at your neighbor and say, do something, do something, do something. He's basically like, get off your duff and do some stuff. He's like, look, don't, don't just kind of come and hang out. Let, let's do it with everything we got. Let, let's, let's be all in. Let, let's, let's play the game to win. And, and see, I, I love this about great coaches. Because great coaches don't want the team just to show up. Great coaches want the team to give all that they have inside of it to win the game that they're playing. And Joshua's like, look, if, if you're going to do it, at least, you know, and you're not going to serve the Lord, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be on the South Carolina Gamecocks, at least be a Gamecock. Otherwise, wear a different jersey and be whatever jersey you want to wear, but do it and do it well and be all in. I think we live in a culture today where people don't know what all in is. They don't know what all in is in, in relationships, in marriages, in, in their finances. It's kind of like we, we live in this world where we're like, well, I'm going to try that out a little bit and see, dabble a little bit and see if that works for me. Really? Well, see, that's not what God blesses. God doesn't bless dabbling God blesses people who are all in and believe him wholeheartedly that he will do what he says he will do. And so again, we do a lot of times today treat our life and our journey like, hey, I'll try, I'll just kind of try this out and see if it works out for me and my family. And honestly, what Joshua is saying is, well, I don't want you just to try things out. I want you to be all in. And he tells the people, put those idols behind you. Let's Let's worship God. Let's serve him only. And then he goes on to say, he says, would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or, or will it be the gods of the Amorites whose land you now live? And he makes this incredible statement. He says, but for me and my family, for me and my house, he says, 
We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And so what I want to do in our time together tonight is today, this morning, we, we talked about God serving us, but I want to talk in the vein of what it means for us to serve the Lord. Because I think a lot of times we describe serving the Lord by the position we hold or what we do in life. And and serving the Lord isn't about the position you hold or what you do with your life. Serving the Lord is about the heart that you do what you do with. And what I mean by that is God doesn't, really care if you hold a microphone and you're a preacher in a church or whether you're a stay-at-home mom. And what you do, yes, he does have certain assignments and certain things for all of us to do, but he's not as concerned about what you do or the occupation you hold or the position you hold as it is the heart you do it with. And when you serve wholeheartedly, again, it doesn't really matter if you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you run a landscape company, whether you hold a microphone and you preach in a church, you can do what you do wholeheartedly. You can serve the Lord wholeheartedly. As a school teacher, as a student, as a lifeguard, I mean, you name it. He says, serve the Lord in what, whatever you do. Do it with all of your heart. Do it wholeheartedly. And so what does it mean to serve the Lord? Honestly, you were created to serve the Lord. You were created to serve. The Bible says that God created in the garden, Genesis chapter 1, human beings to serve. It simply says that he created human beings in his image to be a reflection of who he is in the earth. And in Genesis 1, the Bible teaches that God created humans to be a reflection of who he is in the earth. And part of being that reflection was was basically serving and working the earth that God had created. In other words, God tells the humans to rule and reign over the earth, to govern the earth to govern the animals and the things that he put in the earth. In Genesis 2, God states that he created the man to manage and work the earth, work the garden, come on somebody, and and serve here on earth so that his image could be reflected in the earth to all of creation. And what's amazing about this is the Bible says that God worked, God served when he created the heavens and the earth. And the crown of his creation is I'm going to put human beings, both male and female, in my earth to be a reflection of who I am, a reflection of my heart here on earth. And they're going to serve. They're going to work the ground and they're going to manage my creation. And all people everywhere in all creation will know how glorious I am and how amazing I am. But we do know that from 
the, the uh, Genesis narrative, the creation narrative, that man missed the mark in their assignment. They, they sinned. And so God banishes them from the garden, separates them from this place where his provision is. And ever since then, God has been hunting humanity down to put them back in relationship with him so that, again, we can serve. However, what happens in our serving opportunities uh, sometimes, we miss the heart that God wants us to serve with. So what does God want you to do? He wants you to fully trust him. You can write that down. If you're going to serve God wholeheartedly, it means I fully trust God. That's what Joshua is saying here in Joshua 24. He's telling the people, look, what do you trust? Do you trust what Grandmama Sally did back on the other side of the Euphrates? Or do you trust what God's doing in you and through you right now? Do you trust the stained glass windows? Or do you trust the God who is working in your life through the stained glass windows? Do you trust what they used to do? Or do you trust what God is doing right now through his church in the community in 2018, right where you sit? Do you trust? And and so the question is, are you going to worship the stuff and the things that God has given throughout history? Are you going to worship the God of the stuff and work the stuff and not let the stuff work in? Because what happens is, is people begin to, to fall prey. We all do it. I do it. But, but we'll begin to worship the style of worship. Are you kidding me? And God's like, look, stop, stop doing that. And, and these are tools. But the tools are given so you can give my name great praise. And you can trust me with, with your heart and Regardless of what the style of worship is or the style of music is, you know, it's interesting because if you can get past the, the music genres and stuff and you can listen your heart sometimes to, to the words of songs and really let God put something in you so you can trust him and, and you can begin to give him great praise. That last song we sang, Man, it's an anthem for what God is doing in this earth. I don't want you to miss that. He says, if, if the stars were created to worship, it says, so will I. If the rocks were created to cry out to a great God, so will I. I mean, I want you to understand what that song is saying. It's saying that God has created this earth to give him great, great glory. But sometimes, you know what, we fall short of our assignment. And one of the key reasons we fall short is because we fail to trust God with all of our heart wholeheartedly. Listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It says this, this is from the wisdom writer. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you, he will show you which path to take. So if you're, gonna, if you're going to serve the Lord, the Bible says that, that what you got to do is you got to trust him with the core of who you are. In all situations, all circumstances. 
in the bad and the good, in the valley and on the mountaintop. Trust God. I'm convinced that the circumstances happen to build our trust in God. I'm convinced that, you know what, whether it is bad or good, you can find God in the middle of every single circumstances and you can put your trust in a faithful God even when you are unfaithful or the people around you are unfaithful. And many times we miss trusting God in in the challenges and the circumstances. He is a provider. He will provide everything we need along life's journey. The deal in the garden and the creation story is I will provide and you will produce. God's like, I will provide everything you need to do this life with and manage this earth with. And what your job, humanity is, is to produce with what I provide. But many times we don't produce for God's kingdom and God's family with what he provides. In other words, when you suck in air, That's a gift from God. When your heart took that next beat in your chest, it's a a gift from God. And everything we have in our life is a gift from God. And though it's a gift from God, sometimes we are like Adam and Eve and we mismanage the gifts and we don't trust God. So basically what happens is We have to be, lack of a better way to say it, we have to be banished. That's why God banished the humans from the garden is because they didn't trust him. However, it gave God opportunity to pursue them and now they can trust him and get back in relationship with him. And can I tell you, it's exactly why God came in the earth is so that we would trust him. Have you ever thought about the cruelty of the Roman cross and the crucifixion? Have you ever thought about why God would put on skin and die on a cross and go through the cruelty of of being scourged by a whip? Have you ever thought about why God would do something so radical and crazy? And it's so that. You can trust his amazing love beyond whatever cruelty or circumstances in your life. And you can put your hope in him and trust that he will still come for you in spite of what's going on around you. And so if we're going to serve God wholeheartedly, we've got to trust. The amazing thing about it is in our in our churches and in our worship experiences when we gather together as a church, God has given us some unique ways to really, uh, basically, it's like a thermometer for our heart to, to show us if we're really trusting him as provider. And one of the greatest ways he does that is through financial giving. Through, through when we pass those containers through the auditorium. Or or we step up and say, hey, today we're going to give together. Because we trust God as provider. And and the question for every one of us here, and I believe that Joshua would look at you in your eye. And he would say, hey, choose this day who you will serve. Choose this day 
If you're going to worship your God as your provider, or are you just going to kind of hang out and believe that you're the provider, that you're the one making it all happen, that, that you're the one that, that has the occupation and it's your education and your expertise that allows you to have that amazing job. And honestly, giving, Financial giving in the offering is a true measurement for every one of us, not for you to look at your neighbor's heart, but for you to look at your own heart and really see if you trust God. It is a measuring stick, my friend, for you to see what you really trust and where provision really comes from. And I invite every single one of us into that opportunity. A true act of worship is offering yourself up as a living sacrifice, is what the scripture says in Romans chapter 12. And sometimes offering myself up as a living sacrifice is simply bringing back some things that would help me, but I believe it comes from God, so I bring back to press his vision and his provision forward in this world. And, and really, as, as Joshua stood in front of the nation of Israel, and he said things like, put, put these idols behind you, put these things behind you, and worship God wholeheartedly. I don't, I don't really think that was a popular message. I, I don't. I, I don't think that, you know what, that when he said that, that everybody in the community was cheering and, and saying, Hey, yeah, worship God. Because of what Joshua says to them further down in the passage, he looks at them and says, you can't serve God. He says, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the reason he stated such a radical statement to these people is because they were halfway in. They were worshiping God half-heartedly. And he says, make a decision today. Get off the fence. And decide today who you will worship. Be all in. Get on the team full speed ahead. Don't just offer lip service, but offer your life as a service to the Lord because you fully trust him with all that you are and who he is and what he's doing in the world. And so if we're really going to serve God, what it amounts to is do I really trust God? The second thing about serving God is I wrote it down in my journal this way. Because God doesn't want us just to trust him as provider and him do amazing things in us and through us. God wants us to steward everything he provides. And so a good steward is a good, a, a good, steward is a good servant. I mean, that's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25. He spoke a whole story on stewardship and serving. And basically the story goes like this. There was a king that was going off on a journey. He was going to return. And Jesus says, so what he did, he entrusted his servants, his his people, those stewards with his stuff. And he said that he trusted one with, with five measures of his stuff. He trusted another with two measures of his stuff. And he trusted another with one measure of his stuff. And the king came back. It says, how you been doing at stewardship? And the one with five says, well, well, master, I'm all in. 
In other words, I didn't invest just a couple of your resources. I invested all five that you entrusted me with. And look, I multiplied it, and here's five more. The Bible says that the king looks at the one who multiplied, who was all in with the all five of what the king entrusted him with. He looked at him and said, well done, my good and faithful servant. The Bible goes on to say that the one who was entrusted with two measures of the king's stuff, that the king came to him and said, hey, how did you do with steward and my stuff when he returned? And the one with two simply said, hey, I was all in. I took two, all that you gave me, and I invested it all, and here's two more. And the king looked at him and said, well done, my good and faithful servant. And the one that was trusted with the least of the resources that the king offered, in other words, he had less to lose than everybody else in the game. He didn't do anything with what the king entrusted him with. Is what the story Jesus tells in Matthew 25. As a matter of fact, he buried it. And when the master returned, he looked at him and says, hey, here's what you gave me. Aren't you happy? And the master looked at him and said, No, 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 because you didn't steward what I gave you. You didn't steward because you didn't trust me. You didn't steward because you thought I was one way when I'm really another. See, that's why a lot of people don't steward with what God has entrusted to them is because they think God is one way when he's really another. You thought I was a harsh God and is going to punish you if if you let go of something I put in, in you and what you did is you wanted to bring it back to me, but I didn't ask you to bring back what I entrusted to you. I, I invited you to invest it and do something with it for the kingdom's sake. And you know what? You didn't do it. You buried it and you're showing me what you still got. And he says, the, the, the master says, take away from that wicked and lazy servant what they have in their hand and give it to the one who will do something with it. Because those who are entrusted, you know what, with a little bit will be entrusted with even more whenever they steward it and they use it in a great way in my kingdom. See, a lot of times we, don't, we, we miss this. Is what serving God is, is, is stewarding what God has given us in this moment, in this time, in this place, no matter what it is. I mean, you got to steward the talent God gave you. You, you got to steward the family God blessed you with. You got to steward the job God blessed you with. You got you to steward the, the very life and body that God has given you to live in. However, what happens a lot of times is we don't steward it. We just like bury it and we don't use it for the king's service. And we're like, I'm in protection mode and and I'm just going to hide everything. And and, and I'm going to make sure that I got something to, to show the king when he gets back. And I can tell you right now, if you're not investing your life for the king's sake, I want you to understand, he will look at you on the day of his return and he will say, you wicked and lazy servant, what were you doing with what is in your hands? Because I got an eternity to live and I'm going to entrust in eternal things, people that did something with the earthly things, a little here on earth, I'm going to trust them 
with much in the kingdom that is yet to come. See, serving the Lord isn't only trusting God. It's also stewarding and trusting, trusting God and stewarding what he's placed in your hand. The next thing I wrote down in my journal is, is this, and it's, it's what is trusting God? It's, it's multiplication. I mean, if we're really going to serve God, we got to multiply. Addition is not what God's looking for. He's looking for multiplication. Because what God told the first man and the first woman, I am going to create you in my image, and you're going to be image bearers in this earth, and you're going to multiply my presence and my glory throughout the earth. Oh, and it's still happening today. It's happening today in spite of all the evil in the world. God's presence is moving forth in the world. Despite that there's, there's nations that are against the creator, there is a God who is moving among the nations of the earth. And, and this has been God's plan since the very beginning. It's uh, to multiply his presence throughout the earth. He told the first man and the first woman in the garden in Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, to be fruitful and multiply. And again, that meant, you know what, have some more human beings. And, but, but not just have more human beings, have more human beings that bear my presence in them and will have a presence of who I am in the earth and reflect who I am in the earth. And you follow the, the whole line of scripture. Everything is about be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. And even the Lord Jesus, when he came on the scene, he made a statement before he he ascended to heaven. And it's a statement about being fruitful and multiplying. It's found in our Bible in in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but I want to show it to you. This is what it says. He says, to that first church, the early church there in the book of Acts, that he was about to ascend, he says, He says, but you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. You will be my image bearers telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so what God is saying here in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is simply, you know what, be fruitful and multiply. And so if serving the Lord is about trusting God, serving the Lord is about stewarding what God has entrusted you with, and serving the Lord is about multiplying His presence in the earth, I want to equate this to what the church calls as discipleship. Are you a disciple of Jesus? Because if you're a student and a follower, that's what a disciple is of Jesus. That is what, that is who you are wholeheartedly. It's not about the number of Bible books you can memorize. It's not about knowing every dot and tittle in the scripture. It's about letting the scripture transform your heart by the power of God who resurrected Jesus from the dead. 
And so many people think discipleship is about sitting in a class and getting more knowledge. And God did say, go into all the world and make disciples, help people learn who I am so they can know who they are and be image bearers in this earth. But my friend, a real disciple trusts God wholeheartedly. A real disciple is all in. A real disciple, you know what, believes in stewarding the things that they have been entrusted with for the kingdom's sake. A real disciple multiplies, is an image bearer, is fruitful, is a producer with the provision that comes from the provider that he gives them everything. And so I got to ask you, church, because for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But will you put some things behind you And allow the God who provides for you to continue to provide for you in a great way and produce in a great way for Him. Because without the provision of the Lord, there is no producing for the Lord in this earth. It's called called surrender. It's called submitting to God and His purpose and His plan. It's a great plan. It's an awesome plan. God's not asking you to do something that, you know what, doesn't benefit you. God's asking you to do something that brings his name, honor, and glory and benefits you in the process. And it is an overflow of what he wants to do in you and through you. In other words, God is not a God that comes and just takes away stuff from us. He is a God who gives and takes away, but a lot of times the reason he takes it away is because we're not properly using it in order to make his name great throughout the earth. He is a provider, my friend. He will provide everything you need to be exactly who he's created you to be. But you have to make a decision to not go your own way and come underneath his leadership, his rule, his reign and let him rule and reign your heart and then you let things flow out of your heart and begin to produce great things in this earth for God because what the Bible teaches is that king that story that Jesus told the one who went away Jesus was referring to himself and he says the king returned and asked asked each servant what did you do with what was in your hands and then the king basically rewarded them in the things that were out in front of them. I need you to know today when King Jesus returns you believer will give an account for what God has entrusted to you in your hands. He is not only going to ask you what did you do with the cross he is going to ask you what did you do with with what I entrusted you with for eternal things. And believer, the first and foremost thing you need to do is decide what to do with the gift of God who died on a cross. But you need to make a decision today that once you've crossed over that line to really trust him fully with all he's entrusted you with and make his name great throughout this earth because eternity is real, he is real, 
and he is coming back. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for your incredible word. God, I thank you so much for the people here tonight. And God, I pray that we could be contagious. God, we would we would understand the amazing blessings that you have lavished on each one of us. And God, we don't come here tonight as just a people in need. We come here as people that are blessed. Blessed by the all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere at one time, God. And God, I pray we would trust you. Whether we're in a valley today or we're on a mountaintop, that God, we would be a people that trust you and make statements all the days of our life until the end of our life like Joshua made. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord wholeheartedly. God, I pray for the man in here today that needs to put something behind him. I pray for the lady today who is, who is afraid because of what is out in front of her. That God, today, we would trust you in all-knowing Everywhere at one time, all-powerful God, with every moment and every day. And God, we would believe that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And God, we would fully trust you with everything in this earth and in the life to come. You are the creator. You are the great designer. You are the one who created us for unique purpose. Thank you, God. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise in here today.